Okay, you know what song we need right here? What? What are you doing? You know what I'm talking about, right? Brad? ZZ Top. ZZ Top. Oh, well, I should have guessed. I think it's LaGrange. Listen, a lot of people don't like ZZ Top. I'm a big fan. I know. I'm a big ZZ Top fan. A lot of people, are, um, they can't handle it. They can't I, handle the ZZ. I guess I would include myself in that number of people who are closer to not handling it. <laughs> no. But every every year at the um, at the sidewalk um, sneak peek event when we're unveiling certain uh, elements from the the felt film festival lineup, you introduce the programming staff with ZZ Top. Right? No, no. Oh, that's ACDC. That's ACDC. Oh, well, also that's, controversial. That's which we've also talked about in the in the bucket of bands that scum I don't rock. have I love much scum rock. use for. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that I I, I mash up. I'm the only one in the world who matches up a little. ACDC with some Taylor Swift. <laughs> Got to do it. Got to do it. Anyway, can can we have that song, Brad? Absolutely. I don't. And then it's got like a weird talk. Like you don't need to do the weird talking part. I mean, I guess you could. Where it's like one Yeah. Oh, okay. I know this song now. Yeah. Do you remember the scene? You know when they they make their cameo in Back to the Future Part Three, and yes, the, they do their signature like guitar spin. Yeah, even though it's, it's, yes. You know, in the old west. Yeah. Uh, and they they're just wearing it, it the rules. the guitar rig that they have for their live shows. It yeah, rules. I mean it's it's something. And also, I have a little ZZ Top keychain. So you you know, you probably haven't followed the videos, but they but anytime there's trouble, they just hold up that little keychain. It's like two Z's and they yeah, shake yeah, it. I haven't seen and that. And you get out of the trouble. Unfamiliar with that. So, if anybody's ever like I need to borrow your keys, I can be like <laughs> Anyway, this is a ZZ Top podcast. Let's get to it. All right. No, you needed to do that. It's I'm been back. a little while. I'm back. I'm back. Yeah. I don't know if you're going to get this. Well, I don't know. Throw, let, I know. Lay I'm it on me. Ready? Let's hear. I do have some details, though. Okay. We're in a living room. All right. Okay. And let me describe this living room, because this, this may set the right... This may jostle the memory, if okay. you will. Okay. okay. And so we're in a living room. This is a living room that is clearly a dude living room. Like, it's probably an apartment. It's got some faux leather couches. It looks like early 2000s boy room. Gotcha. There's a mounted flat screen on the wall cool as, as you can imagine there's a dude with some tattoos there's lots of slick back hair lots of track suits neat um yeah that kind of thing and it, it's a little dimly lit i, I bet it doesn't smell good mm-hmm. in this room mm-hmm. and a guy comes in so a guy kind of in the room here and says do you have any idea what we're gonna do to you uh-oh and the guy he's this guy is a guy standing he's got kind of a heavy standing behind him and he says this to a, a guy sitting in in a chair and also a leather faux leather chair mm-hmm. and the guy in the faux leather chair goes no but then grabs the gun and begins shooting yeah. and then that leads to a just a full-on shootout happening in this early to to sort of like i'd say 2010 yeah, 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 kind yeah. of living room right? okay and so that's happening. And then this leads to a bunch of people being shot and some people being able to get out of the apartment and are running around. And that's when some parallel cutting starts. Okay. Which is where this – if you've seen this film, this may, this may trigger you. Okay. 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 To, to know the answer. It's cutting between people being pursued, like two gentlemen, one pursuing the other in a shootout kind of situation to a, a guy in the ba- – a younger guy in the backseat of a limo. 
and the guy in the backseat of a limo is talking to the driver and there's some really bad it looks like a limo maybe it could be just um, a Lincoln Town Car mm-hmm. but it's got a limo kind of vibe and and there's some tr- bad track lighting and the guy in the backseat of a limo is rapping sort of selfie mode on the on a cell phone camera rapping when he sees in the cell phone as he's rapping the culmination of the parallel editing with the two gentlemen yeah. outside and one getting shot in the head at which time the shooter then takes the uh, the limo driver who's been talking to this young man takes him hostage. Oh no! And runs off with him, and the gentleman in the back of the limo begins kind of creeping to pursue. And that is uh, when I left because I had to come come here to be here today. <laughs> so is this um is this would you classify the genre of this movie as like an action movie? I think is this, so, yeah. this, is this a, a comedy with this action is, this elements? Is a, this looks to me to be an, an action film and I be, and it stars a it stars a gentleman who does a lot of action films but doesn't isn't in these two th- scenes. Oh, weird. So the star of this film is not present in these two scenes. Mm. The more well-known figure. I'm assuming he's the star. He's on the he actually found this film by searching via him because okay. I, I know he makes a bunch of bad movies. This is not one that was sort of present in the cardio cinema. Okay. Hmm. Well, the the scene as you've described it is not ringing any bells. Can you tell me this star who is not in yes. these scenes, or will this give it away? Uh, it may give it away, I but will. he's got a long IMDb list. Uh-huh. So uh, Liam Neeson. So is this one of the Taken movies? It's not. Hmm. I think you haven't seen this film. Uh, that's that's the only thing I can think. Maybe not. I'll be shocked if you have. It's from 2015. Oh, is this Run All Night? This is Run All Night. I've definitely seen this movie. Oh, my God. And you don't remember any no, of this? No, no. It's all um, I, I This is actually one of Neeson's better movies as I remember really? it, though. Um, it's from Jaime Colet Serra. The, the, I think he's a Spanish director who had directed Liam Neeson in a bunch of stuff like Unknown and Nonstop, which is the one on the plane and The Commuter. He also did The Shallows with Blake Lively, which is a movie I really like. Um, he's kind of like this B-tier action horror director who kind of graduated to the A-list with that Jungle Cruise movie with The Rock. Oh, and now boy. he's doing uh, Black Adam, I think, with The Rock. So I think I fear Once we've, you work with The Rock, you I know, never I, stop working I, I with The Rock. I fear we've lost him. But, oh, he's definitely gone to the dark uh, side. The, the, the best film he's ever made uh, is Orphan, the horror movie. Um, with uh, Vera Farmiga and Peter Sarsgaard and the creepy little girl who, spoiler alert, turns out not to be a little girl. Right. Um, And is in The Novice, the actor. Yeah, yeah, Isabel Furman. Um, So this is a movie I remember liking, but it does kind of fall into that sort of slot of not very memorable Liam Neeson action movies in a decade of those. Yeah. Well, I was going to bring a film and then I kept thinking either we've done this one before, mm-hmm. this Liam Neeson film, either we've done it before or it's so like the others that we might as well have done it before. And it, it, I noticed it on a plane, on the yeah. plane called The Ice Road. Oh, which, that is a terrible Which movie. looks terrible. And also, I just love the fact that it's called the ice. It's called Ice Road. And guess what? It's Liam Neeson driving on an ice road. Yep. And, and there's um, ice roads. Lawrence Fishburne slumming yes. in that. Yes. That's an and awful, awful movie. there's ice on roads. Well, it's not just that there's ice on them roads. Truckers. The, the roads themselves are made of ice. And brother, you don't want to break through that ice because oh, you'll freeze and or well, drown. Maybe we haven't done it. And it just was so obvious that I didn't yeah, want to bring it. Yeah, it's awful. I, I could have, you probably would have won with that when I said there's, it's also hard for me to be like, <laughs> um, there's, there's an icy ice road. Could it be? There's a road made of ice. <laughs> 
Oh, what's this shit? And now, a look at what we're watching this week. Oh, man, Corey, let me tell you. All right. I have watched. Sometimes I come to you and I say, I haven't really watched that much. But I've been on planes, trains, automobiles. So I have been watching a lot of stuff. No way that I have time, nor does anybody want to hear me talk about the number of things that I've watched. But I'm going to go ahead and list them for you that I've watched here in the last little bit. All right. In addition to, obviously, some screening we can't talk about, right? Yeah. I have watched Broke Down Palace. I have watched Midnight yeah. Express. Oh, boy. A I have watched Not Without there. My Daughter. They absolutely were because we were traveling abroad. Yeah. And so what else do you do when you're traveling abroad but watch things like Broke Down Palace, Midnight Express, sure. Not Without My Daughter? Uh, all of those got watched. Uh, we went to London, so we watched What a Girl Wants. Of course. Which I'm pissed off. What a Girl Wants is the song by Christina Aguilera is not in the film. I kept waiting for it and waiting for it. and Couldn't it clear the rights, I guess. Christina Terrible. asking for too much scratch. Terrible. And uh, – Bend It Like Beckham. Watch that. I've never seen Bend It Like Beckham. Yeah, I watched it because it uh, originally was written to be a queer film. And so I, I thought I, it was. I watched it. It's it's really not. Okay. And I watched it to see if it was appropriate to program for Pride Week and uh, it was it's, it's 30 minutes too long. Hmm. Uh, I watched Pig. Oh, I, I love The Great Pig. Parallel Mothers. Oh, I love Parallel Mothers. I watched 2001 A Space Odyssey with well, a live score, hey, that's which a, I clicked a photo for you. Yeah, I'm envious of that. That looked amazing. It was pretty amazing. Um, and I watched Rich Girls, the entire series what on is that? YouTube. That is a, a reality show from the early 2000s featuring the daughter of Tommy Hilfiger. Of course. And her best, her BFF. It was a attempt to be like a Paris and Nicole kind of thing with very incredibly wealthy women, young women who um, are you know tra- traversing the world and caring about things like Ethiopia. Oh, good. Well, it's about time somebody cared for it. (laughs) The most memorable thing in it is the only times that we see Tommy Hilfiger, he does appear occasionally. He's it's definitely like which one of the cousins is he sleeping with? Um, Yeah. Young, young male cousins here. Which ones he's sleeping with? And, And he's constantly talking about Ralph Lauren in this way where he's like, you know, did he's going to buy a Ferrari and he's like, did Ralph order one? He's. Clearly has some kind of inferiority <laughs> complex like Salieri to Ralph Lauren's Mo- Mozart. I'm telling you right now, but if you watch this, you, you, he probably takes up about in the entire series, which there's it's like eight thirty minute episodes. It's not a lot, but in that entire series, he t- he's probably on screen for all of fourteen minutes. Thirteen of those, he's talking about <laughs> Ralph Lauren, which is pretty amazing. So I did watch that, um, and then I will the one I, the the film I want to take just a minute to talk about. I may circle back to these if as screening continues and I don't have a whole lot more to watch. Yeah. I might pull one of these from the hat, so to speak. But it is an interesting list. If you if you don't agree, I. I yeah, I will argue that uh, worst person in the world oh. is the film that I watched that I would like to spend just a minute or two talking about. And I did like it. I Good. Did. But it wasn't at all what I was expecting. I yeah. think based on the what the, the expectations put forth by the trailer and just sort of my own instinct about what it what it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know. I, 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 did, I liked it. I don't know if I liked it as much as I want to. But, but what is interesting about it, I, I would love to have more of a female perspective on the writing. Mm-hmm. That was my one thing I would say, because it is a female protagonist, right? right? And it's a, fe- it's a female protagonist who's, f- you know, I mean, part of the entire narrative here is, is sort of her dating life and her sort of sexual behavior in the world, right? right? 
But I, I, where it takes the turn, the dialogue I thought was just incredibly well done from the man who's sort of terminal. Term, there's a terminally ill. I don't, yeah. I don't think I'm spoiling anything or ruining anything by saying that there's a, a terminally ill character in the film. Sure. And the dialogue that comes from that I thought was really, really interesting. And I think where the film lands is really interesting. I, and uh, the, the last 30 minutes of this became way different than I was expecting. But uh-huh. also, I think maybe really rich in those last 30 minutes. I agree. The, the, the last 30 minutes kind of make the movie this holistic, very enriching experience that it ends up being. Um, because up to that point, it's you know a, a an amusing but – fairly traditional sort of rom-com about this flighty young woman who's like, what do I want? I'm dating this guy. I think he's great, but oh, I've just met this other guy and he has kind of occupied my, you know, mind and, and headspace. And maybe I've got to break things off to see what life would be like with him. And it ends up being, you know, more about, um, and, and, and to your point about where the movie lands at the end, it ends up being more about her finding sort of self enrichment, um, and and sort of, you know, empowerment from within rather than being dependent upon relationships in general, as yeah. as the characters initially painted to to sort of be. I agree. I, I part of what interested me about it too was that the, the initial relationship she's in, and I'm not so sure about the second relationship. Uh-huh. But the initial relationship we kind of find her in here. It is there's a there's a really large gap and there's a big age difference, mm-hmm. and so it is. And I, I, I'm I'm in a relationship with somebody who there's a big age difference there, so I could really relate to a lot of the issues or the conversations that are being had when when two people are at, at just by nature of your age at, at different points in their yeah. life right and age and experience right and so that was really interesting but what what then brings it to this next level is this this sort of two people who one of which has a great deal to look forward to right mm-hmm. one of which has their sort of whole life ahead of them so to speak and has is living and I think making decisions, as we see in the film, based upon this kind of constant um, chasing after excitement and fun yeah. and um, and newness and all things that 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 youth can bring, mm-hmm. and then another person who's saying to her, "Look, the best times of my life are now behind me, and everything in front of me is." is torturous. Everything in front of me is sad and painful. And so I'm only, I don't want to know anything else about the world. I just want to return to live in the spaces that were so enjoyable to me when I was younger. And I haven't really seen a film do that. That that scene that you're talking about is, is by far the best scene in the movie. The the conversation. It's incredibly well written. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I I, I agree. I was so taken by it. And I had a few years ago, I had a friend who came, who actually came to sidewalk who was similar age. I think he was about a year older than me, but he was diagnosed with brain cancer and, um, and it was incurable. Mm. And he had, he, when he came to sidewalk, he had, he was being told he had maybe three to four months to live. And, and, and that was about, that was about what was left for him. But a lot of the conversations we had were shockingly along the same lines. It was sort of like, I'm, I'm now looking, I don't have a future to look forward to. I only have the past. And, and, and so a lot of what he wanted to do was to talk about some of the wonderful, amazing times that we had had together in high school. Um, because we were, we kind of came up together in high school and a little bit into college. Um, and and then our relationship kind of ended. We went in different directions and, and didn't really keep in touch. And he, he wanted to, he reconnected and it was such a, 
it's such a strange and interesting and really tragic and sad dynamic because uh, human nature, you know, you I don't think we acknowledge on uh, on a regular basis, certainly not on a daily basis, that a lot of what we're doing as we're moving through the world is looking forward to something, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Whether that's the vacation on the calendar or the film festival that's coming up, we're sort of working towards or whatever it may, hell, it may even just be, you know, a, a nice dinner <laughs> later in the evening. We're oftentimes just doing that and, and that that certainly that when you are when you have a diagnosis like the one that we see in this film or the one that my friend Shannon was given all of that goes just it all just gets put on pause and looking forward is no longer even part of your part of your worldview and so that's a really hard thing to wrap your fucking head around yeah yeah it is um anyway that that film isn't that the beauty of film Mm -hmm. that we can that we that it can be so provocative of of incredibly sort of deep things like this i don't know anyway I, I i appreciate it for that reason i've been thinking a lot about it and uh, and there's some other great things in it too the very interesting freeze moment yeah. where she kind of runs through the city uh, unique and different i don't know if i like it or not but i'm happy that it happened you know it, it was a fun moment and i do think it captures her as this this sort of person just running through the world uh-huh. in this exuberance and this youthful sort of uh i don't know it, it's frivolity yeah, I I really liked her a lot as a character and and just the actor and what she brought to it. Uh, yeah, it's a wonderful performance. It is, and that moment is really joyous. And even though it's it's creating such heartbreak for another character, the mm-hmm. joy that's on screen, I think that is part of the dynamic there too. Right? Is that is that in one person's joy is another person's misery yeah. oftentimes, and that's part of the story here too. So I will shut up now because I've talked a lot about it. And if you haven't seen it, obviously what I'm saying is it's worth your time. And if you have seen it, would love to talk to you about it. Well, it was in, in my top five films of 2021, yeah. I think. Um, just one of my favorite movies of last year. I'm glad you caught up with it, and I'm glad that you found things to like about it Yeah. Um, within it. So what have you been watching? Well, speaking of the future, in the future, there will oh, be crimes. Uh, I caught up with David Cronenberg's Crimes of the Future, and I'm very pleased to report that it rules. Um, it's everything that I wanted from a late career Cronenberg body horror movie, even though there's not as much body horror as you would expect, it's not the endurance test that it's been sort of touted to be. It's kind of slower paced, talkier, a lot of ideas, of course, as you would expect from David Cronenberg, who always, you know, has a lot of big ideas with his goopy body horror grossness. Right, right. Um, it has... Um, some really provocative science fiction notions though about human evolution and the transformations of the body. These are all Cronenberg favorite topics. He can't, he can't get over it. He can't get over it. He has not worked this out yet. So uh, his, his uh, buddy Viggo Mortensen uh, stars as a performance artist whose body is spontaneously generating new, never before seen organs because in the future, the human body um, largely across the world is undergoing uh, something called accelerated evolution syndrome in response to the world, essentially being trashed. So what does this guy do? Oh, and another thing that uh, side effect of this, people can't feel pain anymore. So um, he and his lover slash performance art partner played by Leia Seydoux, because of course, um, 
have regular performances where she cuts into him using this futuristic surgery machine and removes, well, tattoos and then removes these new organs to display to everybody who is seeing them. Fetishes of the future. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, and who else is in this? Kristen Stewart. Who okay, plays... so hold on a second. Okay. Speaking of crimes of the future, my ass flatlined. Uh-oh. Talking about body horror. Uh-huh. My ass flatlined when I saw these two at the at fucking... Leia Seydoux and Kristen Stewart? Yes. Yeah. I, I'm, y'all, this is unfair <laughs> to me. This is unfair to me. My heart, I'm old. My heart can't handle it. What, are you talking about like the can red carpet photos? The can red carpet yeah. photos. I, I'm, I'm dead. I am, I'm officially, I'm gone. Well, this feels like a movie that is pitched directly to you <laughs> in a lot of ways. Um, and, and directly to me, um, because Kristen Stewart plays the twitchiest, horniest person I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> she speaks with that sort of Bella Swan, the, the ticks and the halting speech, except it's amped up all the way to 11. And she can't look at, um, at Vigo or Leia Seydoux without just like, I mean, the look on her face is the whole time, like, I'm so horny, I can't even, you know, stand up right much less speak to you. Well, you've seen this young woman. I sure. mean, Vigo, come on. No, well, nobody cares. But but the whole time Vigo is is like, he's either wearing like dark <laughs> Jedi robes and every time he speaks, he's got like it's 20 like 20 years he's, on he's, his chest. Well, he doesn't, but another guy does, okay. which is amazing. Uh, but Vigo is like, his body is falling apart. So he, the whole time he speaks, he just like clears his throat every like oh, two seconds. So and there's this a lot is, of, this gets her going. A lot yeah. of Vigo mouth sounds. But anyway, she is, of course, the character who has the Cronenbergian line uh, surgery is the new sex. Oh, man. Uh, so, you know, that's the type of movie that you're getting into with Crimes of the Future, which, of course, is a delight. Uh, I loved it. I loved how slow and talky and ruminative and, 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 you know, kind of melancholy it is. It is definitely the work of an old master, you know, right. Who's returning to his favorite themes and the whole, the, the tone of the movie, it's like Almodovar's pain and glory or Scorsese's the Irishman. in that it's like thinking about obsolescence and mortality through the director's favorite themes Of course, with Cronenberg, it is gooey and icky. Um, But I would say that it's also kind of nakedly autobiographical because it is about an artist who is literally removing pieces of himself to present to a public, right? Oh, my God, Cronenberg, stop. You know, the metaphor metaphor is on the surface. The the ego that this man brings to the screen. Well, God bless him for it uh, because there's nobody else like him and – uh, this is one of my favorite movies of the year. I yeah. kind of knew it would be because right. David Cronenberg returning to his body horror p- roots. I mean, that's just exactly the shit that I want. Man, we missed the opportunity to serve cronuts. Oh, man. I know. That that would have been a good combo. Well, just now thought of it. Appar- apparently, he is, you know, he's 79 years old, but apparently he's gearing up to make another film. So when he returns with his his he's next got to work this shit out one way or another he's got to work this shit out yeah yeah so we'll we'll serve cronuts when he when he makes All right, his next, next film next time if knock on wood right knock on wood um because god bless him but if he goes out with crimes of the future it's it's a wonderful fitting cap to an amazing career god i love david cronenberg so much and and seeing this movie just reminded me it's been so long since he's 8 years since his last film yeah um and uh that was too long uh, and I know he, you know, was dealing with other stuff and he was busy. He was keeping busy. But, you know, make more movies, David. The world needs you. That's oh, what I have to say He's got a little bit of time left, so we'll see. I, I'm, I'm very 
curious to hear what you think of Crimes I'm of the Future. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I think, you know, to, to a certain degree, too, it's kind of a hilarious movie. And it, especially if you're, you know, attuned to its specific sure. pervert wavelength. Which, and I definitely was. If you're attuned to Cronenberg, then yeah, yes. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, maybe you'll like it. I, you'll at least like what, what Case Stew's bringing because... Man, she is a trip. Love she is that so from her. she is so fun in the movie and so weird. She's not in it much, but every time she is, it's just like, ah, here we go. Yeah. So good for her. Good for David Cronenberg. Good so for basically America. Basically, like the the fifth Twilight. I hope. Well. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. Why not? We'll we'll say it. And if that if that'll get any more listeners of this podcast into a cinema to see a David Cronenberg movie. I mean, you have seen movie, the way she looks at Edward, right? Yeah. It is kind of like that, but again, amped up. Like <laughs> so far, it's so good. It's so good. She's so good. So I'm anyway, looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I've been watching a lot of uh, as as you have to screeners for Sidewalk. So I can't really talk about that stuff, but a lot of good we will, stuff someday in that process. Yeah. I mean, I'm I you know I'll say it on mic. I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Um, the quality of submissions this year has been very high. Good. And That's I'm, not I'm, always the case. It's not always the case, but I'm very excited about a lot of the films we have to consider that were submitted to us organically. Now, obviously, right, every right. year we're going to go out and look for films, buzzy titles that we want to bring to the festival. But the stuff that has come to us already, pretty high quality. Pretty pleased. Yeah. So, something to look forward to Get there. Get tickets, y'all. Yeah. 24th Annual Sidewalk Film Festival coming up soon. Sidewalkfest.com for passes. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of Side Talks. We're your own personal cinematic Hershey swoops and Butterfinger, Butterfinger BBs. Now, I do you was, remember this? I, I do. I remember the BBs. I loved the BBs. BBs? Yeah. BBs are gone, y'all. Yeah. That's too bad. Yeah. They were, what were they? They're like little, like bullet size yeah, almost. Like, little little Butterfinger nuggets. Yeah. Um, like like the bunch of crunch, but Butterfinger. And they, they're RIP. Also, Hershey Swoops, which I didn't know were RIP, uh-huh. are also RIP. You I know didn't what know those that are? Either. I never had those. But I don't think I did either. They're just little, they're like popular candy bars, like, um, like a what is it a Reese I think you're supposed to say Reese peanut butter cup Reese's peanut butter cup whatever it is yeah and almond joy and this kind of thing in the shape of a Pringle oh they word just, they just yes they just took the exact candy bar and made it into the shape of a Pringle that swoops all right so because they said it enveloped your tongue okay with the candy bar sure it was a different way to eat that's that's what needed <laughs> You know, re-engineering is candy. That was a crime of the future, Corey. Yeah, that's a crime of the future right there. (laughs) Uh, Thank you for listening to Side Talks. Thanks to Batwell Studios. Thanks to Revelator Coffee, our sponsor. Revelator, if y'all wanted to bring swoops back, I feel like a tongue-shaped Almond Joy would go wonderfully with one of your delicious coffees. I'd know I'd buy at least one myself. Sidewalkfest.com or at Sidewalk Film on social media is where you can find all the information about what we're showing at the cinema and what's coming up very soon here at the end of August for the 24th annual Sidewalk Film Festival. Passes are on sale. You need to get one now and join us. Come see some movies. Thank you for listening. Also, hey, Corey, just real quick. Yep. One of those swoops was, this is the weirdest one to me. Uh-huh. It was a peppermint, York peppermint patty flavored. I'm into that, though, because I, I like, I like the you? thin, you know, like the uh-huh. Andes mints that are so yeah, thin. I, I see. Do, I, I guess I, I see that. But I think if I'm going to swoop, I feel like I want a Snickers, which wasn't on the list. 
If I'm going to swoop, I want a Snickers. Well, but probably because the chunks of peanut. Yeah, would, they couldn't get them yeah, small couldn't enough. couldn't do it. That's a trick to the swoop. Yeah. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.